0: It's time once again for The Go-Giver Podcast,
1: where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg.
0: Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. What does value really mean? We always hear that it's what we're supposed to provide our customers. But does the word itself really have a workable definition, or is it simply another buzzword that really carries no actual meaning? We'll discuss that in our thought of the day. Later, in today's interview, we'll tie that into looking at ways to sell on value rather than price, as we speak with one of the top sales professionals and sales teachers in the world today, Anthony Inerino. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. In law number one of John David Mann's and my book, The Go-Giver, we look at the law of value as being your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. But does that mean you don't make a profit or even lose money? That doesn't sound like a productive way to run a business to me. (laughs) Give more in value than you take in payment on the surface sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy and that wouldn't benefit anybody. So let's dig a bit deeper. The word value is now bandied about so often that it's lost its meaning in a sense. So, let's define it. First, it's important to understand the difference between price and value. And this is big. See, price is a dollar amount. It's a dollar figure. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea that brings with it so much worth or value to someone that they'll exchange their money or time, energy, etc. for it and be glad they did, be ecstatic that they did, while you still make a very healthy profit. Example, you eat at... Uh, Ernesto Iafrate's Italian Café, a fairly high-priced and upscale restaurant in a swanky part of the city. From the moment you walk in, you're made to feel like a VIP. You're greeted with kindness and respect, like you're part of the family. Your weight person is professional, friendly, handles themselves with class, and is that amazing combination of the person who seems to, to be there just when you need something but otherwise allows you to enjoy your meal and your company in peace. The food is amazing, and the presentation of the food, spectacular. The entire ambiance is fantastic. As you leave, the door is held open, and you're thanked and bid farewell by everyone on the staff whom you pass. Your bill was higher than at most places, but you certainly didn't mind because the overall experience was worth much more to you in value Than what you exchanged in price. Does that make sense? So, while the price was $150, the value you received was 10 times that. Really, you felt like a million bucks. (laughs) The restaurant owner, Ernesto Iafrate, gave you more in value than he took in payment. However, his costs for providing the meal, uh, including staff, equipment, space, and food, were much less than what he paid, so he made a, a very healthy profit. Giving more in value than you take in payment doesn't mean you gave more than you got, okay? It doesn't mean you gave more than you got. It means you gave in such a way that what you gave was more valuable to the end user than what they exchanged for it. And what you received, the money in this case, was worth more to you than what you exchanged for it. Yes, both parties came away better off after the transaction than they were before the transaction. This is the very essence of a free market-based exchange. Uh, As Harry Brown used to say, in every market-based exchange, there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits. Think of the value you provide as the overall experience to that other person. And the key is the shift in focus. It, It means that rather than being focused on the money, you're focused on providing massive value to your customer. When that's the case, they're much more likely to do business with you. That's why we say that money is an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning. This means nothing more than that the value must come first, and the money you receive is simply a direct and natural result of the value you've provided. Focus on the value and in such a way that the other person recognizes it to be of value, and the money will follow. And that's the law of value. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Are you a paid professional speaker or would like to become one? Perhaps you've attained success as a CEO, a manager, or leader. Or have had a fantastic career in sales and now want to share your wisdom with others and from the stage. Apply to become a member of our team of certified Go-Giver speakers where you'll have access to and be fully trained on my materials from my close to 30 years in this business. You'll also learn how to market and sell yourself as a paid professional speaker. If you can see yourself sharing with audiences ranging from 50 to 15,000 and would like to earn a great income while doing what you love and really making a difference, Then get more information by visiting www.gogiverspeaker.com, gogiverspeaker.com. If you like what you see, apply and begin the conversation, and let's see if we're a match. Anthony Inarino built a hugely successful traditional brooks and mortars type of business, and now is a speaker on sales and sales leadership. Uh, He's building a very hugely successful online business. Check out his famous The Sales Blog at www.thesalesblog.com. If you're in sales in any form, it's not to be missed. He really is that fantastic. Hi, Anthony. Welcome. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. You know, I often say that unless your last name is Walmart, Then trying to sell on low price or making price the issue is a very counterproductive way to do business. Now, I I know you and your work enough to know that's certainly a premise with which you agree.
1: I do agree. And I I think that it's one of the biggest mistakes that salespeople make is leading with price and, and behaving in a way that makes them transactional. So let's
0: talk about the importance of communicating value. And even understand why, what, understanding why it is so important. I mean, technology has basically leveled off the playing field to the point that most products work, and they work fairly equally, and most services are pretty much the same. There are some differences, usually not significant. And if there's no difference between the the products or services themselves or no significant difference and no significant difference between the rest of the customer experience, it's going to come back to... You know,
1: who can the pr- prospective customer get the lowest price from, correct? That, that's correct. And you, you said something there that's interesting, Bob, and, and it's whose responsibility is it to understand the difference between price and cost? And whose job is it to explain the value that we create? And I think a lot of salespeople and a lot of sales organizations, they feel like they've been commoditized and they behave like they've been commoditized. But when you sit down with them, they really do have a differentiation strategy. They understand how they're different and how that difference makes a difference for the customer. And really, that's what salespeople are there to do. It's not the customer's job to perceive value on their own, although they have their own perception of what value is. It's your job to help them see and perceive the value and the difference between the cost of what you sell and the price when Ah, you start looking at competitive offers. Yes. Yes. So,
0: okay, take us through that a little bit. Uh, This person does either tell you the price is too high or you can kind of sense it through the questions you're asking. You don't want this thing to be about price. You want it to be about value. So how does a salesperson today take the responsibility for asking the questions? What would they ask? How would they frame the conversation so it goes from, from price to value?
1: I love talking to you, Bob. These are just the best questions, and it's my it's, it's <laughs> thank you. I love talking to you anyway. And would, people listening <laughs> just should know: like Sunday morning after the newsletter goes out, you and I end up connecting on Skype and talking about uh, all things world affairs. But the, <laughs> the the question's a great question, and and here's the thing: everybody on the other end of the table from you is supposed to ask about price. They're doing their duty to themselves and their their company to say. Is that the best price? The price is too high. They have to ask. It's irresponsible for them not to. And you know that going into this, so you should be prepared for that question with some ideas. And this is my favorite question to ask Bob, and it's my favorite question to teach salespeople to ask. So Bob, I heard you say that the price was high. What I want to understand is your main concern, the price, or is it the cost? And when you say that, The customer will sort of like when you talk to a dog, their head will kind of turn sideways (laughs) and they'll look at you like they don't understand the language that you're speaking because no one's ever asked that question before. And now that I've said this on your show, lots of people ask the question and then customers will start being prepared to to deal with it because that's how we train them. But they're going to say a couple things. They're going to say, what's the difference between price and cost? And and no one's ever asked them this before, so they're going to explore it with you. And you get a chance to say, I'm glad you asked. Our price is higher than our competitors. So there's no question about that. You're right. But our cost is actually going to be lower because you're going to use less of this product. Your people are going to be able to do this work faster. You're going to be able to get this result, and you're going to be able to deliver better for your clients than you can now. You're going to save time. You're going to save money. You're going to save labor hours. I mean, there's all these things that we know we can do if they'll just invest a little bit more than they're investing now. But you have to teach them that and show them that. So that's the first thing is to get into the conversation where you can explain price and cost because the gap in between price and cost is your differentiation strategy. Mm -hmm. And it's the things that you do that make a difference for that customer. That's what they're buying. And they want to buy that, but you have to help them justify it by giving them the understanding of what am I really paying for? All things being equal, price does win. Your job is to make all things unequal. Mm -hmm. Now, salespeople
0: often, and I know when salespeople have approached me uh, in a selling situation, they will tend to be stuck on price. They tend to be trying to sell me on how great a price it is. And I, I know with me, I'm not necessarily a price buyer. Now, that doesn't mean I don't care about, you know, we always want to, we never want to spend more than what we should, of course. But but I think there are people who buy for different reasons. Some people, I, I would say relatively few, truly are price buyers. Usually it's not a question of price. It's a it's a value situation. And if, if hey, let's face it. Everything's too expensive if you don't see the thing as being more valuable than what you're exchanging for it. But there are people who buy on, um, status. There are people who buy on, uh, style. There are people who buy on convenience. That would be me, or as I call it, the lazy buyer. I, you know, typically convenience is my big, my big thing. So do you find that often salespeople, and maybe they're just not taught this by their, their sales leadership, but do salespeople, tend to go in there focusing on price themselves, even though that's not what they want their prospect to be focused on?
1: I I think salespeople do because it's the biggest objection they're going to get, and they know that. So they go and hope that the price is enough, that it carries the day by itself. Or they focus on their product, features, and benefits, hoping that that does the trick. But in in today's day and age, you are the biggest part of the value proposition. You are the biggest part of the differentiation. You're the person that's going to be accountable for helping them get this new result. And so focusing on price focuses away from that. And instead of focusing on value, you make it about price, which is one of the biggest mistakes you can make. And and since we're talking about price and value, I'll share uh, one quick story with you. I I had a salesperson that I was coaching who said these words to me and I've remembered them and I've used them a lot in speeches that I've given because the words are so good. He said, "I'm too poor to buy cheap." Mm-hmm. I can't pay the lowest price. And and I said, "Explain to me and this group of people were with what you mean." And he said, "If I buy a pair of shoes and it doesn't last and they don't hold up, I can't afford to buy three pairs of shoes this year. I need to buy a pair of shoes that's going to last me through the whole year and I need the same thing of my shirts and my suits." I can't afford to be cheap. And he understands innately that there's a difference between price and cost. The price of some shoes that he might be able to buy would be lower than what he's buying, but they would be more expensive because he'd have to buy a second pair sooner than he would with what he buys. And uh, people know this, but we lead with price because we think it's easy, and we lead with product because we think it's easy. And in all honesty, that's the hardest way to sell people tend to buy the value that they mm-hmm. perceive. And I'll tell you for a lot of people today, if you're listening to this and you're in B2B, certainty is one of the biggest drivers. It's, it's can I avoid risk? Can I avoid getting hurt when I make this purchase? And showing them by paying more, they can insure themselves uh, against problems and issues that might cost them more money. Those are the things that compel a lot of buyers.
0: So let's say you are a, a sales manager or sales leader and i want to go back to what you said earlier that communic- when it comes to communicating value because we know that value is always in the eyes of the beholder it's not what we think is valuable uh, it's not why what we think they should think is valuable it's it's what they see as the value as according to their wants their needs their desires so you're the sales manager what do you tell them how do you teach them to be able to, to get off the price thing and to be able to go into a selling situation focusing on the value that you're bringing?
1: That's a, a great question. And I'm going to, first I'll deal with sales managers, but I think we could expand that to sales leadership and also to the salesperson themselves. So the sales leader in, a, in any company really is responsible for the culture. So we can talk about mindset. They're responsible for giving their people the skill sets to do the jobs that they want them to do, particularly this one, which is a difficult skill set to gain. And it means you need to have really good rapport skills and you need to have really good communication skills and you need to have really good language skills. So those are things that can be trained and taught. And then you also need the toolkit. I mean, you need playbooks and planned dialogues and things like that. That will help the sales force succeed. the sales manager's job is to make sure that these people have the experiences to use those skills and that they get the coaching so they get better at it and that means the sales manager has to be really good at this too, but I don't want to leave the salesperson out of this because you have a role if you're listening to this, if you can if if you can if you, i guess I would say this like if you're within the sound of my voice <laughs> and you're responsible for your own. Personal development. That's why it's called personal development. (laughs) It's yours, you own it. So, you need business acumen and you need situational knowledge, and you need to go out and look for ways to understand what are the cost drivers for your customers' businesses? What are the things that, if they're cheap, they actually end up getting hurt or spending more? Mm, And when I ask salespeople to make a list of these things and I get them in a room together, they come up with all kinds of ideas look, if they're too cheap, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. That's the conversation to have where you can go and teach the customer that. And I'll share just one way I got this personally that worked for me. Uh, and it's going to be in the book next month when it comes out. But it's uh, it's this idea of just going to your customers and asking them to teach you. When I was young and in sales, I didn't understand very much about business at all. But I was a good student and I'm sort of naturally curious. So I always wanted to learn So a customer would say something like, the biggest thing that we're dealing with right now is we need to improve throughput. And rather than being embarrassed by not really understanding what they would say, I would say, I understand throughput means how much of something comes through here. But what is that? Labor hours? Is it manpower? Is it material? Is it cost per unit? What is it that you're talking about? I don't get it. And then they would say, well, here, let me explain it to you. And they love to teach somebody who's their potential partner, their business. It shows you have an interest in Mm -hmm. them and that you want to help with what's important to them. And so I went from customer to customer asking people to teach me. And then as I learned, when I'd show up someplace else, I would be able to say, you know, a lot of people right now are looking at this as a throughput problem. And the way that they're looking at it is cost per unit and labor hours. How do you look at it? And they would go, that's how we look at it. What are they doing about that? You know, and then all of a sudden you start to become a peer and a trusted advisor. And you're talking about the things that they do value and you show you've got an understanding of their business. So if you are a salesperson and we all are at some level, this is your obligation to get this skill set to know I can't hurt people by selling them the lowest price because that's what we do. When we sell lowest price, we hurt the customer, we cause them not to get the outcomes that they really need. We let them underinvest. When we have to be fearless and brave and bold and say, listen, I think that this might be a mistake for you. And what I'm afraid of is that you're going to spend less by getting a lower price, but then ultimately your costs are going to be much higher. And I don't want that to happen to you. Can I share with you a couple ideas? And I'll just give you one more language choice for people listening to this is, you know, sometimes you can take responsibility for not showing them that perception of value and say, listen, I haven't done something right here. Because you're concerned about the price, it means I didn't really show you how much value we can create and how much I'm going to lower your costs in these other areas. Can I ask you for an opportunity to go back and review this with you before you make your decision? And that's what we're obligated to do as salespeople today.
0: Powerful. Anthony Innerino is totally a master of sales and selling, very value focused and principle and high character based, I truly and totally recommend his teaching. Again, visit him at www.thesalesblog.com and subscribe to his blog. You won't want to miss an issue. And while you're there, subscribe to his Sunday morning newsletter. I read it over coffee every Sunday morning. It is filled, filled with gems of wisdom. Anthony, I hope you'll
1: come back often. Anytime, Bob. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Anthony understands and teaches that not only is competing on price and lowering your price not a viable way to do business, it's a very unnecessary way as well. One big key he pointed out is that it's imperative to realize that the customer is not responsible for understanding that the value you're providing is greater than the price they're being asked to pay. That's your job to effectively communicate that. So how will you rethink your approach in order to apply Anthony's terrific advice? And please feel free to write me at bob at and let me know how you're doing in that regard. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The GoGiver Podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.